That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. I'm okay, mainly because the Dursleys are terrified you might turn up and turn them all into bats if I ask you to. A weird thing happened this morning, though. My scar hurt again. Last time that happened, it was because Voldemort was at Hogwarts. <laughs> but I don't reckon he can be anywhere near me now, can he? Do you know if cursed scars sometimes hurt ye- <laughs> years afterward? <laughs> I'll send this with Hedwig when she gets back. She's off hunting at the moment. Say hello to Buckbeak for me. Harry. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, the show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way uh, the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 2, The Scar. Oh, Harry Potter is a most unusual boy who has a very strange scar, and he goes to a very unusual school, and if you look around his room, you'll see the most unusual things. Anyway, he sends Sirius a letter saying that his scar hooded. Welcome to the restricted sections where nightmares are real. Get used to it. <laughs> I am delighted to be joined today by my enthusiastic friend, Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hello. Hey, and I'm so stoked that our special guest today is Sam O'Brien, host of our pod Sib, Content and Capable. Say hello to the listeners, Sam. Why, hello there. We are so glad that you're here. In case there's like any chance in hell that a listener of the restricted section has like no idea what content and capable is, which I don't think that's possible. I've made a lot of announcements about it. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do over there. Content and Capable is um, a podcast kind of like, you know, your typical adulting podcast that you see everywhere. But instead of, you know, trying to, you know, give, you know, practical solutions we sit down and chat to people who've got interesting stories or hobbies and stuff and talk about how, you know, they're living an adult life but also, you know, enjoying life as well and feeling content with their hobbies or their um, their jobs and things like that. Um, so it's a really great time and we chat about a whole bunch of things. Yeah, if you haven't listened before, might I recommend starting with maybe the episode that I guessed on about book publishing and podcasting. Um, I'll link that in the show notes for everyone. Um, we're so glad you're here, Sam. Um, especially because we really need some help <laughs> getting through this chapter. Tina, whatever could you mean? <laughs> okay. It's well, Andrew, why don't you just go ahead and give us your first impression reaction of this chapter as you're reading it? Like, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? What was running through your mind? Uh, I mean, I guess the only, the only real answer to that is nostalgia, because not only have I been in this chapter before, but this chapter has existed in every Harry Potter book ever made. So I have... I've been in this chapter many a time. Now, it has different yeah. flavors. It has different little side <laughs> characters that will come up. This one has an interesting bird. But, like, you know, it, it's, the, it's the first Harry Potter <laughs> chapter of the Harry Potter book where we learn about his unusualness and his boyishness and his yeah. wizardness that he is-ness-ness-ness. Yes. 
Um, and Sam, I realized that I forgot to ask you to tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history. Um, well, my older cousins read a lot of Harry Potter. Uh, in fact, when they came and babysat me, um, they would always have a Harry Potter book on hand. And I was always intrigued, but never really got into it. And my mother have, has this rule still, that you could only read the book at what age Harry was. Um, because she kind of understands that they get darker towards the end. So, you know, you need to be a little bit older to fully grapple with that, at least in her opinion. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so I did. So I read it once a year. So when I was 11 through to about 16, and I got to the sixth book and never read The Deathly Hallows. Um <laughs> I oh am my so gosh. sorry. <laughs> I have been waiting wow. for so Well, it's been long. a great episode, y'all, so we're just going to go ahead and... <laughs> I, I wow. actually struggled because I read so much as a child, my mother had to ban us from reading through the school term. And so mm. by the time I'd gotten around to you know picking up the next Harry Potter book, the school term had already started. So I just never got around to like reading it. So I struggled through... I think book five and six was just real hard to get through. And then I get it. I got to book seven and I was 17. It was my final year of high school. And I just, no, nah, I just didn't have the time. I did try to listen to the audiobook, but at that point I had listened, was listening to so many podcasts that I just couldn't handle another audio based thing. I have watched the movies though. And I had this very interesting discussion with my mother this morning about, um, how crap <laughs> the uh, Deathly Hallows movies are as compared to the books. It's crazy. They like made it into two movies, but it still lost so many shades of meaning. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I can relate to, to my parents too had to restrict my reading sometimes to get me to focus on other stuff. <laughs> so that's very funny. Um, what Hogwarts house are you? I am a Ravenclaw, although sometimes I like to, like, have main character vibes and will sometimes just go, you know, I'll be a Gryffindor for today. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that answer. And I feel like I relate to that, too. Sometimes you got to buck up and be a Gryffindor. You know what I mean? Dope. Well, um, so what are your gut reactions to this chapter? <laughs> I can't even, like, say it with a straight face. You have two minutes to respond. You must use all two minutes. That is a minimum, <laughs> not a maximum. Well, Go. we're not doing that. This, this is the weird thing about this whole, like, chapter. We started off, you know, the last chapter with this really great, like, almost like a murder mystery plot. And we mm -hmm. get back to this, and it's like, why the fuck is this chapter here? We started with a really great star, and we just gone, yeah, now nah, we're just going to spend the next 50 pages explaining who Harry Potter is. The, my first note, actually, is book three, Harry has entered the chat, because it reads so <laughs> much like the first three books, but nothing really like the later half of the fourth book, where, right. you know, things get a little bit more, you know, complicated, and there's a lot of other, you know, bullshit that's happening and I just I sat there and I went this is this is like almost a repeat of book three and there's not like obviously there's some interesting stuff that happened that we'll discuss later but it's nothing really notable yeah the beginning of this book is pretty bullshit heavy we come out strong with the first chapter and then like the next two chapters are kind of nothing and then we get to go to the Quidditch World Cup, and then there's, like, two more chapters of nothing. There's, like, let's sit around the burrow, let's get on the train. And it's I think it's that they wanted to give us, like, the magic of, like, every little detail of the first couple books. But it's, like, honestly, like, we don't need the train ride. Like, mm. let's get there. We got stuff to do. 
I might be wrong here, but this is the first one that I really remember being like a big, big deal. Like when the fourth book came out was the first time that I remember there being a midnight release. So I think what it might have been, too, is that might have been a publishing decision where they were like, there might be a bunch of kids that are reading this and that have never read one, two and three. But they hear about number four and they want to get it because that's the only explanation, because I'll be honest, one of the things I was going to say is it feels like she's phoning it in here. It really feels like she had a list of things that she wanted to accomplish and she just lazily went like, bump, 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 bump. And like, I'll bring it up, but like, there's, there's points that it almost feels like, like like a fan fiction or something. Like it feels like it's not written by a real author. It just feels poor and clunky and and I, I don't know, maybe it's just being critical, but like I said, I think it's probably, they were like, no, because I think what happened is she probably wrote the beginning chapter the way that we know it right the second and third chapter were just one chapter that was much shorter and was much more of just a yeah life sucks but hey this cool thing's gonna happen and then going straight to the world cup at least that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that that was the case and then a publisher was like we need more yeah put extra words on the page oh god i never do that it annoys me because that book is so thick and i'm like as a child in year six when um when a friend of mine decided that she was going to read, um, I think it was this book, for a reading challenge, um, because we we had, I don't know whether you guys have an America Accelerated Reader. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Andrew's bragged about it before. It's yeah, the biggest was... bullshit ever. Um, mm-hmm. My brother does it. He's like on four million words this year. Um, and so he's very excited about it. Like it counts the words. And so we would get awards for the amount of words. And so our class was a little bit lower behind. So she decided she was going to pick up I think it was this, either that or The Prisoner of Azkaban, and read it. I'm like, that is way too thick, you know. And it reads real fast, you know. It's a real short chapter, and I think that that's perfectly fine. But it it's just not, you know, it shouldn't be a chapter all by itself. Yeah, it's bad writing. I, if I were this editor, I'd be like, you should intersperse all of this backstory into, like, your next couple chapters, like, as we need it. Like, you got to cut something, dude. I, I, that's my favorite thing to do as an editor is just cut the bullshit. I'm vicious. Cut it. Andrew, did, were you at my house on Independence Day um, when we watched Independence Day? Absolutely. Okay, remember, we were playing a variety of drinking games. And one of, one of the rules was that every time the president's daughter came on stage, we all had to go, Her? Her? <laughs> And I think that in this podcast, we should start doing that whenever J.K. Rowling has mentioned her. Yeah, because like, I, I, I still don't really feel comfortable saying that bitch about, I don't know, for some reason, I just don't I like think that, Roldemort is a very appropriate it alternative. Is, but I, I just don't even want to, I just want to give her pronouns. That's all she gets. Just pronouns. Yeah. Her? Her? <laughs> I definitely think that's, I feel like we should have a new name for her every season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could really piss her off and call her they. <laughs> well, you figured it out. Well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that like at the very beginning of this podcast, all of us had this like colloquial thing where we would say they the way that you say they about like filmmakers and stuff. And we had to like train ourselves to say the author's name until she betrayed us. And then we had to train ourselves to not say it anymore. <laughs> We've been on this journey and now we're just back to they where we started. Uh, we should we should save they for book seven. So book four will be her. We can just adapt from there. All right. 
Everyone make a note. Yeah. Also, send in your uh, recommendations for book five and six. <laughs> Submissions are open. Only the best shall win. Yeah. <laughs> Top two will win. So, Mots, go ahead and give us the two that we will end up using. Great. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's, um, so yeah, I guess let's get to my notes. I don't know. Um, no one, Harry wakes up from the dream of the previous chapter. Yeah. And I, I had, I already started off with an issue because he wakes up and he struggles to remember who Voldemort was trying to kill. Harry, it's always you, bud. Like, the answer is always Harry Potter. The entirety of your life, the answer, who is Voldemort trying to kill, has been Harry Potter. Other people have gotten in the way and had to be taken care of. But no, you are the target, my friend. And you woke up and you thought, who was it? I don't know. Maybe the guy that's ca- tried to kill you twice in three years? Just yeah. a thought. He literally had a previous version of himself who didn't even know who you were <laughs> that tried to kill you because he figured out who you were. Like, duh. <laughs> I'm it's, over it. Yeah. He's not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Oh. Um. So his his little skull hurts him. <laughs> it it like it's hot. It's shaped like lightning. We're like learning all these things. <laughs> so formative. <laughs> just so formative. God, he really just like meditates for a pol- a full like page and a half, dude. Just like I was like listening. So th- there's like a couple of things. Like first of all, I this is where I feel like. Um, finally like gets into trusting the readers to understand a couple of things like yes you know she doesn't understand that people read the previous book but she understands that people have read the previous chapter and so she doesn't have to spell everything out the fact that Harry had the Uh, and then right. this morning I'm like sitting eating breakfast while listening to the chapter one more time and the whole hand movements of Harry putting having one hand over his face and grabbing the glasses in like the pre-dawn and I'm like <laughs> what is happening here how does that work <laughs> Wow, there are some moments in the series where Harry desperately reaches for his glasses and like it always gives me like this moment of panic because I too have have before desperately reached for my glasses in a minute of need. So, yeah, he doesn't remember everything but like some things. This is also this is actually all all kidding aside. Mm-hmm. A glorious and important moment. Mm-hmm. for us as a podcast going back through these books mm-hmm. because I contend this okay. is the birth of edgelord slash emo Harry. This is when we first start mm-hmm. to meet the Harry that we will all come to love and hate and mainly hate and kind of love, but really hate. <laughs> this is where he starts. And like, it starts with his, the way that he describes in his own head, Quidditch in his opinion, the greatest sport in the world. <laughs> like that is such a 14 year old like edgelord boy thing to say <laughs> the next one the, the next one is like he randomly the way that it's written is and yet dot 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 and yet dot dot like the angst the angst is so real Ugh. and then later a little bit later it talks about <laughs> A little bit later. Wait, it talks- no, hon. I, before we go later, wait, what are yeah. you about to say? The thing about uh, 
Harry was no stranger to pain and injury. It's like, oh my god, Harry, really? That like with I you have become it. an angsty little teenage boy. Like we I, I I these are the first signs of him losing that like what what Haley would call his good boy status. Like he's stu- oh. he's losing being a little a good little boy. Cause like this is just so bad. And, and this is what I'm talking about, too. It feels like it's written. It's either the greatest writing in the world because it's incredibly boring and yet perfectly written from the voice of a 14-year-old. Or it's just really bad writing that sounds like it was written by a 14-year-old. <laughs> and I honestly can't wow. dis- I can't figure out which one it is. The, the, the thing immediately after we start talking about Lockhart and I go, it's good to see that Lockhart is still like mentally scarring Harry Someone here. Someone remembers Lockhart. <laughs> You're you're no you're no stranger to pain, Harry, but you'll never get over your mental pain because this is the Wizarding World and they do not have good mental health services. Like no, no. one in the Wizarding World is mentally sound. I think that can be just <laughs> agreed upon by everyone. No one, I feel like, in the real world is mentally sound either. That's I, I mean the Muggle world. Sorry, <laughs> true as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we look around Harry's room and there's lots of unusual things. That's so weird. That's so weird. Um, are are they, go ahead. I have a logistics, I have a logistics question. How the fuck do you fit a cauldron in a trunk? (laughs) I know, I I don't know if it's like maybe not that big of a cauldron. They, they say the diameters of them at some point. It's like 12 inches, isn't it? I swear it was like 26 inches. Oh, it might be 12 inches. Okay, wait, I'm sure the internet knows the answer. Hey, Professor Internet. It's a heavy thing. No, I wouldn't want to carry this trunk. I think I think about that when like the twins go get the trunk, which happens like three times. I feel like within this series, and or whenever anyone's carrying any of the trunks, those mm-hmm. sound nightmarish. Pack differently. Why is it like? Why is everything made of wood? That's so impractical. Because they still live in the 1850s. You know, the year that technology <laughs> hit the perfect amount. I googled Harry Potter cauldron size and <laughs> Google in like the big, you know, sometimes Google's like, here's your answer, don't look further. It says standard size two. <laughs> Obviously. Ah, of course. <laughs> Which is what they How call them in the so Harry dumb? Potter universe. Um, standard size two, obviously. Translation. That's, that's all Her sat there and thought, how big would a fucking cauldron, I don't know, would it be big? Would it, they couldn't use a big one, they have to carry standard size two. <laughs> this one website says five inches by five inches. That's so small. That can't be right. It's that's a, like a, adorable. You could like make cup. like, um, you could make like very jazzy cocktails and something yeah, like that. I, I was going to say, I would expect that at like a, a decent happy hour. It would be like 12 bucks, <laughs> but it would be like four shots of liquor. So you're kind of okay with it. <laughs> um, so Harry's like, Oh, the last time my scar hurt me, it's cause Voldemort was, was near me is he here in what is it called little whinging whinging yeah although i one 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 other thing really quick that i did notice as far as harry could see through the darkness there wasn't a living creature in sight not even a cat i think you know what this means mcgonagall comes and spies on harry (laughs) <laughs> Not in a creepy way, just showing up. He, you good, bro? Because he's okay. used to seeing a cat. Mm-hmm. Like, in the whole mention of, like, a respectable street. I'm like, what makes an unrespectable oh, street? Oh, Sam, you are so innocent. Garbage. Is a good start. No, no, no. <laughs> There's a lot of garbage on And then street. I started... My, yeah. my mind went way dark. Then I started thinking about... Yeah. 
<laughs> then I started thinking about like the unrespectable street in my city, which is right across from the train station where I go to work at the radio station. And it is half the street is sex shops and sex Ooh. bars. The other half of the street is bars, like normal bars, that will then charge you $10 for entry and then each drink is over 10 bucks oh, each. No. Ugh. Just to step back a second, did you say sex bars? Yeah. So what? what is that exactly? Like, I want a drink and a blowjob? Like, what? Yeah. Like a, like oh! A, yeah. That sounds fun. Wait, is sex work legal in Australia? I believe it is. Uh, yeah. I oh. Think, I think it's a state thing, but yeah, I definitely think it is. Yeah. Party at Sam's place. All right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Check it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's refreshing. That's fun. Yeah, it was interesting. I went out the other weekend. I'm like, oh, I forgot that all these places exist. <laughs> wow, how to go from sex bar back to the Dursley's house? I don't know. Well, I, I, got, um, I, I know the way that we'll get there. Okay. Because we'll get there through one of my favorite recurring bits in all of this book. And this is so ramrodded. This has nothing to do with sex bars. But... One of my favorite recurring bits is St. Brutus's Secure Center for Incurably Criminal Boys. Mm. Like, can we go harder in the paint to make you sound like an asshole if you go to this school? Mm-hmm. Like, we want you to feel bad. <laughs> is this like a 90s thing where, like, they were all phased out by, like, the the early 2000s, but somehow these schools still existed? Like, it just confuses us to me as to why we had to make it so obvious that the Dursleys hated him, as if their actions didn't speak any louder. <laughs> well, and do we think this is a real school, or supposed to be a real school, though? Like, do we think I that- don't know, because this was kind of before the era of fact-checking in that way. Yeah, this was back in the days where, like, if the oldest daughter got pregnant, you sent her off to live with her aunt for a year, you know? Oof. So, like, who knows? But I, I just, I've always wondered, like, is that a real place? And people are like, oh, God, he goes there? I'll Google it. But it, it couldn't be because they don't think he's tough, you know? Yeah, but then at the same time, I could think of, you know, people just not questioning it. Like, it's the 90s. No one cares. Um, and so, like, oh, it sounds like a respectable school, you know, and everyone trusts the Dursleys because, you know, they're all <laughs> stupid. And so it could be just a, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, it must be a school I've never heard of. And they must have done their research real proper. Aren't you brave to let your child or to keep a child that goes to such a place? HarryPotter.fandom.com says that Vernon Dursley likely made up the school as a cover. Mm. It does sound like the kind of blustery, like uh, like exaggerated name he would come up with. Yeah, it just rambles on a little bit too long. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very full of itself. Um, so what? Okay, oh, like we get a little refresher. Like, who are the Dursleys? Why is Harry an orphan? Like, what? Who are Harry's friends? <laughs> who are they? We get back to angsty Harry here, and I go, mm-hmm. "Is Harry fangirling over Voldy here?" Going, you know, he's done this and this and this, and he's so powerful, and yet I defeated him. <laughs> <laughs> he he really does, dude. And once again, it's that yeah. 14-year-old, like, meh type thing. If it hadn't been for Voldemort, Harry would not have the lightning bolt-shaped scar on his forehead. If it hadn't oh been for God. Voldemort, Harry would still have had parents. <laughs> like... 
What? I want you to read this whole book to me in this voice, Andrew. Like, it's so perfect. <laughs> Little did Harry know. Yeah. But seriously, it's like the most, like, in his own head, like, I, 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 will, I don't, I will never be able to understand what it's like to be in his shoes at that age. I admit that. But my God, it's like all out of no, I think it's because it's so out of nowhere. Like, it's mm-hmm. way more abrupt than I thought it would be. The start of like, <laughs> type <Titanic. laughs> Um, he's got things to think about now. I I'm just like imagining myself as a 14 year old and going, I'm sorry, and like I can even say this now. I'm sorry for whoever met me at 14 years old because <laughs> I was an asshole, and I really wish no one had ever met me at 14. <laughs> There's a good amount of logic and I think solid argumentation that between the ages of 12 and 15, all children should be sent away to like boarding school because they're just going to be awful. There is no such Um, thing as a 12. I've always said I was my funniest when I was in middle school. So I feel strongly that way. I, I just, I really, I don't like interacting with children that age. They're, judgy they're hilarious are you joking me they're so fucking funny and smart dude and they have they have nothing to lose they're 13 what's gonna happen to them they're just so upfront with you it's hilarious that's the problem though is like they don't have they just don't give a fuck like i respect it oh i'm staying at my Mm -mm. parents place right now i have a 15 year old a 14 year old and a 12 year old sibling i think he's 12 maybe turns 12 at the end of the year yeah i'm not enjoying it (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I I you know try I have to go to bed a little bit later. We were up. It was midnight and my siblings are still awake. And I'm like go to fucking bed so I can go to bed. Mm. So they stay up talking loudly as well. They got no respect for like what's happening around them. Hashtag adulting, am I right, Sam? You're not wrong. <laughs> the reintroduction to harry's friends ron and hermione is done through this very flimsy lens of imagining how they would react to like his him confiding about his dream and his scar hurting i genuinely love these i genuinely love them i have always loved them and i am not ashamed of it i fucking love when harry imagines his friend's reactions in his head (laughs) it's so goddamn funny i it's one of my favorite things in the harry potter universe because it happens a few times where he like imagines what ron or hermione would say is it funny because it's like so spot on yeah well it's funny and obviously it's spot on because like it's the same person that writes all the characters but yeah like I absolutely, I just adore it because it's like Harry just, he gets it perfectly in that way where you always kind of exaggerate the little details about your friends that you like the most. Um, shrilly. Or at least like the things, like the endearing parts about them. Like you, like if you have a front, a funny friend, you'll be like, oh my God, he's, they're so funny. And then you introduce them to someone and you're like, aren't they funny? And they're like, I mean, yeah, they're, they're funny. They're not like the funniest person in the world, but yeah, they're, they're funny. It's, but that's like your thing, right? That you think of. He does call Hermione shrill and panicky. <laughs> Which is just his angsty teen, really. Like, right. Hmm. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so finally, in the end, he's like, well, I'll write a letter to my new dad that I just got. <laughs> Serious black. 
Okay, I this is where I have conniptions. Watching Harry try to write a letter to someone, like even like him try like trying to draft a letter to Dumbledore in his head. I'm sitting here going, "Can you have you never written a letter in your life?" <laughs> Just like one of the big things or issues I have is if you go into writing something like without a plan, and so he like when. We, when we get to the end of the chapter, when he's finally written the letter, it's like seven, like heaps of other bits of parchment. And I'm sitting here going, why didn't you just write a plan and then write it? Like, it would take two <laughs> bits of parchment instead of however many you used before. I agree that I perhaps would have, ta- would have taken your path as well. Yeah. I, y'all, do y'all know? Are you, are you cool enough, kids, to know? What? That this is one of the biggest fuck-ups that her makes in their entire series. What? Are you aware of this? Am I about to blow your mind? So Tell me. in his letter to Sirius, Harry mentions that Dudley threw his PlayStation out of the window. Uh, fun fact, PlayStation wasn't released in the UK until September 29th, 1995. And this book oh, is set in August of 1994. So it literally would have been impossible (laughs) for Dudley to have a PlayStation. Oh, really? Unless Vernon had some high-up connections at Nintendo. No, at PlayStation, I said Nintendo automatically. Man, I really do fuck up almost every line I try to deliver. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like trying to make a joke about PlayStation by literally said Nintendo just because I play Nintendo and I'm dreaming about how I'm going to play my Nintendo later. (laughs) Okay, so okay, we we write the letter. Um, okay, and then Sirius he must be hiding out somewhere tropical because he sends Harry these letters via like this large, flashy tropical bird rather than an owl. I I always imagined this is like a toucan, but in the book it's yeah, me too. In the book, it's way more of like a flamingo thing. It's cool. It looks like it's a cool looking bird, but it's not at all what I'd imagined in my head when I was <laughs> reading this. Where would you guys posit that Sirius would be? If I were him, I would probably be in maybe like South America. I'd be in Tahiti. Just somewhere like tropical paradise where you know no bureaucrat from London is going to think of. Bora mm. Bora, maybe. Like. <laughs> one one of those small islands where you have to like take a plane to then take a Cessna to then like take a boat to get mm-hmm. to that that's where my ass would be in the sand with a big old strong drink and a lovely view of the ocean it would look like a corona commercial basically that's cute i like that vibe because he says south and i was like okay well it could be like the south of europe but then even there that's not even that nice I'm like well what about like the north of africa like, oh, no, that's not even that nice. Maybe he's all the way down. So I'm like, maybe he's all the way down in South Africa. Imagine taking, like, a, a hippogriff all the way down to the other end of the world. <laughs> Whoa, that would actually be, like, a magical experience. And probably a terrible one, too. Besides the chafing, yeah. It would be magical. <laughs> but, like, the views. The mm-hmm. views. Oh, I'm, like, weeping thinking about it. This is the other thing, though. It's 1994. This is the height of, like, unrestricted air travel before, you know, we hit 9-11 and stuff. So how do you ride a hippogriff through the air for such a long time without being picked up by someone and go, what the fuck is this thing doing flying through here? Yeah, especially because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he just straight up doesn't have a wand. 
doesn't he have... Why would he have a wand? Where did he get a wand? Pettigrew. Either Pettigrew or Ron? No. I thought Pettigrew still had his because Pettigrew, he... No, Pettigrew stole uh, Ron's. I don't know. It's been a while. Hmm. So we decided to take this break, so I don't... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, we've got no nerds on here. It's just us three who can just speak out our asses for an hour and a half. I'm telling you that I don't think he has a wand. Yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised if he didn't. Yeah. He He's, like, desperate for food and stuff. He's on the lamb. But he's able to find these, like, wizarding birds that are able to fly these messages. Super That's long not, distances. You don't need a wand for that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I think he he has some level of contact with the wizarding world if he's getting those yeah. birds. So just if he gotta goes, find the right bird. If he goes you. to like the largest like Indian wand maker, there's no way that shit's being patrolled. And there's no way you're gonna tell me a Gringotts goblin would not exchange your money outside of the state that you're wanted in. Yeah. If you're wanted in Britain, Gringotts don't give a shit. They'll give you your money in India. He must have a wand towards the end, though, because just before he dies, they're they're in that battle in the chamber. I'm sure they get a yeah. wand eventually. Yeah, but for right now, yeah, you're right. He probably does not have one, or he has only just recently acquired one. Wow, okay, well, we'll check back on that. So Harry, like, reads us this letter that he wrote. He admits the whole dream thing because he doesn't want to sound too worried, but, like... But, like, that, I mean, that's pretty oh. worrying. Whatever. They said they're going to murder you. Such dumb jock vibes. I don't want to seem too <laughs> weak. Yeah. At one point, Harry says something about, like, he didn't think of Sirius because he'd only known that he was his godfather for two months. But is that right? I, I thought he knew before, like, the whole escape on the hippogriff that he was his godfather. He knew before, but not by That was, like, two long. months ago. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was before that whole series. Like, I thought he knew that before he knew that he was actually a good guy. Maybe. I'm not sure. I feel like that was in the Leaky Cauldron. I think it's more of an implied, This is that's how long he's had a godfather who is a good godfather that he likes and maybe could send mail to. Mm, gotcha. Okay. okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right that it was before that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even matter because he doesn't even tell Sirius the whole story, but whatever. And then, he, and then he literally gets up and gets ready for breakfast. That's like the end of the chapter. <laughs> uh, there was an interesting thing about Wormtail, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I only was thinking about it now. But like Wormtail's following like whoever's like has the most power, right? Made me think. I'm a journalist, so um, I I often think about Daddy Murdoch, um, who owns all the newspapers in my state. But um, I was thinking about him, and there's comments that other journalists have made, so they're not mine, about how Rupert Murdoch always uh, goes to whoever's the most popular or whoever's going to give him, like, the most money. He's a businessman, you know? That's what he yeah. what he wants. And so Wormtail has very much got similar parallels. We're equally frustrated with both of them, and we're not quite sure how they got there. <laughs> the only thing that Wormtail's missing is that he didn't decide to put topless models in his newspapers like that's mm. literally the only t- <laughs> the only big difference between the two yes i gotta love our largest australian export is a media mogul Ooh, yeah interesting he now owns fox news 
Huh. <laughs> um, oh, Tina, yeah, that that's Rupert Murdoch. He's talking about the owner of Fox News, and yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. and lots of other fun publications. I could probably like spend ten minutes listing newspapers here that he owns. It's kind of sad. Uh, anyway, we'd all just be depressed if you did that. <laughs> Guys, I'm looking for a segue out of this depressing conversation, but I can't because there's fucking nothing going on in this chapter. There's nothing to segue into. And there's nothing going on next chapter. Oh, I have one more I have one more question though. Harry yes. mentions Dumbledore on holiday and tries to imagine Dumbledore on holiday. Where do we think Dumbledore <laughs> would go on holiday? I don't know if y'all have seen Disney's movie The Sword in the Stone. Long time ago. Yeah. In it. Merlin goes on a trip to Bermuda and he's like all dressed up in like a Merlin version of like a Bermuda outfit, you know, like a tropical outfit. And that's kind of what I picture. <laughs> it's like he's in Bermuda. Have y'all heard that, you know, Bermuda is like literally on a direct parallel with Virginia? Oh, yeah. Like it's directly to our uh, east. So <laughs> my parents apparently had friends back in the, like the 80s. That went to this really shady travel got, uh, agent because that was back when you basically had to have a travel agent. Mm. And they were looking at these tropical places and they were trying to save a bunch of money. And they go, well, we do have one tropical place you can go to. It'll be really cheap. And they're like, where? And they go, you can go to Bermuda. My parents' friends were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's cheaper to go to Bermuda. And they go, yeah, we're going to send you there in October. It'll be real cheap. <laughs> and it is. Because it's just like Virginia weather in October. So you're like Damn. bundled up in sweatshirts and shit sitting on the beach. <laughs> wow. Been there. I'll sit on the beach in any weather. Yeah. Wow. All right, team. That's it. Does anyone Does anyone have any final thoughts about this chapter? We did our best. No, I'm glad we did some of the admin work we need to do for the, the next few chapters. Yeah. <laughs> we established some things. We... Uh, Got our new tradition for this season. Yep. All in all, a pretty successful, uh, pretty successful stretch for time. We're not gonna lie. We <laughs> we know it. You know it. Everyone knows it. If you're new to the podcast, the f- f- future episodes won't be under an hour. I promise. <laughs> that's a that's a threat and a warning. Yeah. It's, it's like so hard to like put. 20 minutes of book content into, like, an hour and a half of, like, podcast content. Like, what the heck are you supposed to talk about? Some chapters in this book have literally so much going on. Like, just, like, a little redistribution of content (laughs) is called for here. Just do it better. (laughs) Next week, we're talking about the invitation. So, at least we get a glimpse, a little glimpse of the wizarding world. Yeah. I, I think this is where we get, dur- like, dur- proper Dursley abuse. I was thinking, I was like, the Dursleys seem, like, less mean this time. I was like, oh, wait a second. We haven't even met them in person yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've just had the threat of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to plugs. I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. Yay! This season, we're introducing transcripts for every episode to make our podcast more accessible to more people. So please support our efforts to be as inclusive as possible by becoming a patron. At, I think, the $5 tier, you can get bonus episodes. And this month, September, we're covering My Immortal and, like, just <laughs> the the Harry Potter fan fiction 
Um, so you you don't want to miss it. Like I can't emphasize that enough. It's gonna be so fun. I can't wait. <laughs> so I have been waiting to plug something that I've found in the last few weeks that I absolutely love. It is a podcast called Five to Four, and it's five dash four. And uh, I think the the tagline is why the Supreme Court sucks. It is a podcast that literally goes and it's not going to be for everyone, but they take specific cases and break down the case and basically explain how the Supreme Court could fuck up something when it's supposed to be all these grand like scholarly experts and, you know, known wizened old people that are in charge of interpreting this sacred doc. No, it's all bullshit. It's. It's always been politicized. It's always been exactly what you imagine it is. And it's three lawyers that basically break down from a very uh, leftist point of view exactly how they fucked up and how they came to fuck up. And yeah, it's it's very informative. If you've ever been interested in like legal theory or the way that, you know, laws are kind of interpreted and stuff, it's a very, very, very user friendly intro into that type of stuff. So um, like I said, if you're interested in U.S. law at all and you want to hear some fun, re- pretty funny people, they're pretty funny, they're pretty funny, uh, <laughs> talk about the Supreme Court. It's definitely worth checking out. Thank you so much. Sam, where can people find you on the internet? I'm Sam. Uh, if you didn't hear at the start of the episode, I host a podcast called Content and Capable. You can find that pretty much anywhere on the internet that the restricted section is because I basically copy Christina and everything because she's just awesome. You can also find me personally at um, sam.the.journalist on Instagram and TikTok. I'm planning, once I get my Wi-Fi set up, to upload a lot more to TikTok. Um, And uh, on Twitter, at samobjournalist as well. Um, And I am going to plug a TikTok creator. She's also created stuff on Instagram and YouTube called Chan Wills. So C-H-A-N-W-I-L-L-S-0 um, is, uh, she is a Harry Potter TikToker. She does some of the best stuff. Her um, McGonagall impressions are, are awesome. Where's my big hit? I'm obviously going to need it for blocking out the haters. Awesome. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at ChristinaTheCon. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. And this week I'm going to plug um, my best friend Adrian. She does wood burning and she is like launching a wood burning business called Mayfields on Fire. And you can check her out on Instagram. It's linked in the show notes. <laughs> it's very cute. It's like earrings and like custom like wood burn like wall stuff. Um, so Sam, thank you so much for joining us for this super exciting, like absolutely riveting chapter. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was actually more fun, definitely more fun than I thought this ever could be. So thank you so much. I laughed, I cried. <laughs> yeah. We I mean, had a good time. You don't, my jokes aren't that bad. You're not physically <laughs> crying. You just feel like crying on the inside, okay? Inside. That's what I go for. If the actual tears come out, I feel bad. Don't make me feel bad. You feel bad on your own and I get to feel good. Well, on that note, Andrew, thank you so much for being here as always. You're welcome. It's always You've a been a joy. <laughs> I'm excited to get even further into Goblet of Fire, and maybe we'll find the plot soon. 
<laughs> All right, gang, I got to go finish reading 101 Clever Ways to Hide Snacks in Your Room before this book develops a caloric intake. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we did it. Oh, my God. Bizarre. The Restricted Section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world. The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Um, I'm excited for this episode um, just because it's basically just like a free form. <laughs> it's no how content. to talk for an hour about five <laughs> minutes of material. We are putting on a master class here, people. This is going to take three professionals to pull off. <laughs> That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.